we sold stream once, but we di I didn't really felt that I fulfilled the desire of building a company in the valley. It was a nine months journey. Of course. And you know, out of these nine months, it's two months of due diligence. So we knew that we were going to get acquired for more than two months. Really, there was nothing. Well, that was that. So we knew that the next thing would have to be, you know, would have to be big. And in order for that to be big, the market must be big. You know, there is markets, uh, you can have the most amazing idea, but if the market is small, and you are the most successful with no competition, it will still be small. So we looked for huge markets. Travel is one of them. Welcome to 14 Minutes of SaaS, the show where you can listen to the stories and opinions of founders of the world's most remarkable SaaS scale In this episode 108, of 14 Minutes of SaaS, the second in our four-part series with Ilan Twig, we listened to his initial journey into entrepreneurship with the cloud and subscription-based integration platform. Like some founders, he talks about 2010, 2012 as the beginning of SaaS. Uh, when I hear dates like that, it reminds me of how early I was in that space, working in multiple roles with Salesforce at the beginning of 03. But Ilan's two startup experiences are off the charts for two different reasons. This episode is about early success with StreamOnce, early being the operative word. A star CTO, but you eventually made that, that change, that, that move into three StreamOnce. Uh, yes. And that was your first move yes. into the life of an entrepreneur. And I have the feeling that although it's the sum of everything, without that, trip actions may never have occurred, right? I'm, right? I actually absolutely so, think you're so, right. Because it was very successful in quite a short period of time. Yeah. So I think the sum of everything that, that I had in life until 2012 led, and uh, as well as for Ariel, because we spoke about that as well, led us to start stream once. It was my, I think, you know, I had this unbelievable desire to have my own company in the Silicon Valley. Okay. I had two companies before that in Israel, but I, I, w I spent, at that point, I spent seven years in the Silicon Valley working for big companies, uh. and it didn't make sense to me. It's like, it does not make any sense. You know, when, when something in life doesn't make sense, you, you, you feel it every day. It's like yeah. living in the matrix. Something is, feels real, right? And then, you know, the, you know, the time was right, and the Ariel and I, uh, you know, uh, Ariel moved from, from Israel as well to, to uh, Mountain View. And we, you know, we were in touch, and I heard a lot of amazing things about him. And one thing led to the other, and we said, let's do it. And it was a huge decision. And that's where I, I think, personally, I learned what it means to become an entrepreneur. Uh, because for me, the, the transition was resignation. And it was, you know, can I resign? <laughs> I was at, at HP at that point. Uh, HP acquired the company that uh, both Ariel and I used to work for. Um, so I was at HP, my career was like uh, a, rocket ship. a rocket ship there. You know, life was good. It was terrible, but on paper, life was good. Yeah. Why was it terrible? Why was it terrible? Because it's a huge company. At that point, it was 340,000 employees. Is it like politics and all and the it was, stuff? It's, it's, that, that always just happens. politics. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. politics. You do nothing else. And I'm, it's aller not I'm allergic to it as well. That's exactly how uh, both uh, my co-founder and I, we are allergic to that. And 
so yes, yeah, so we we ended up. It was the right time, I guess, and we had these conversations. He was ready, I was ready. We we're kind of the same age, and we made this decision. And I remember it. Okay, now I need to resign. But otherwise, it never happens, right? You, it's very difficult to work full time and work on a startup because a startup is more than full time. So if you don't really let it happen, it, it will not happen. And you had the strong idea already. We had an idea. We spoke about it, and, and still it required a ton of, um, I would say, you know, a ton of energy to resign. I remember this because I, was, I had a mortgage. I just bought a house, and um, my wife, my ex-wife, was pregnant. Wow. Um, and it was like, okay, but we made a decision. There is always excuses, right? And I, I, when I look in the mirror, it was like, okay, this is an excuse, and this is if you want to, to have a startup. If you really want to have a startup, you need to do it. And would you say at that point in time, you had some product market validation, or you had some real validation in some way before you resigned, or was that yet to happen? We had, we had some validation, but the thing with these type of validations, when you just start, it could be very anecdotal. It's not like we conducted a thorough market research. You know, you do what you can. You apply all of your skills to really convince yourself. But in the end, you convince yourself, which is okay because, you know, you have to believe. You have to, a. You have to believe, and when you talk to investors, they need to see that you are genuinely convinced. So you have to convince yourself. Otherwise, there's n you kill the startup before it started. So we were convinced. I'm talking now in hindsight. I'm telling you that you know the, the it wasn't that deep. I mean, it was the deepest possible back then. But uh, the same thing, uh, by the way, applies to trip action. We can talk about it later. Absolutely. So yeah, and in the end, uh, we we decided to to do it, and uh, we realized. I said it. I said it five times, but we realized that entrepreneurship starts with resignation. Yeah. And uh, we both resigned. It was okay. Now we're naked. <laughs> so now we do it. And we were so, so serious. We, we were not funded at that point. It was okay. Now we work towards uh, funding ourselves. And it took us uh, three months. But it's three months that we did not know that it's going to take three months, right? Then you get funded. Yeah. But we didn't know. So it's uh, three months. It was the longest time of my life. It was uh, fun, super stressful. Uh, and this uncertainty about what's going to happen tomorrow, what's going to happen tomorrow, was uh, the clock was ticking, and I gave it a budget for my savings. It was a third of my savings. Yeah. Um, and I gave it up to six months because I, I limited the time as well because I, I didn't know that I was thinking about myself and my relevancy to the work, uh, you know, the work uh, place and, and and then. So that was the same. We kind kind of uh, agreed on the same uh, timeline, Ariel and I. And then in three months we ended up raising money, and my dad which still live, lives in Israel, he, he, he could not comprehend and contain the resignation. Wow. He could not. And he, he, he seriously told me, you know, you, you should maybe talk to someone, like a professional. <laughs> but that's in your dad's nature, right? Because yeah. when you came in and you started automating all the switches in your house, oh, yeah. he said, don't get electrocuted, right? Yes. <laughs> so your dad's a worrier by nature. Yes. Are you, have I, you a bit of that? Have you a bit of a worrier by nature? Um, Did you read those three months just describing it? It, it feels like you, you hadn't quite left the fear behind. You still had that with you, but you, you were driven, but you were still, you still had some fear. Yeah, I, I, 
That's why I getting into this journey, I, I had my, uh, my rules, or I, I, ca I kind of contained it, and I said, up to one third of my savings, up to six months, and this was set yeah. in stone, non-negotiable. Of course. Uh, that's where I was uh, you know, you, responsible. So you, so you could accept that, and then yes. now I leave the fear Make behind, peace with and that. now yeah. I go forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then when, once I knew that you know, I have my, uh, my guardrails, I then you know, we focused on uh, trying to get funded, yeah. And it was very difficult to get funded. Um, the first time is very difficult, unless, you know, there's some exceptions, but uh, otherwise, it, it's, uh, at least that's my experience. It was, it was very difficult. You go and you, you try to convince strangers to write you a, a fat check based on some beliefs that you have, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's very, very... What? It's much harder to get funding for stream once than it would have been for trip actions, yes, right? Yes. That was, was a much bigger jump to, yeah. to do that. Stream once was, a, it's so complicated to explain what it does. So I, maybe it, it would be a waste of time to do it here. Just at a very high level. But what value does it bring to the world? It's, it's uh, an integration middleware in the cloud. That was the idea. It was okay. like a, a platform. And the, the reasoning behind it was, we used to be in the world where it was everything Microsoft, right? So you have the email and the documents and the file storage and everything was Microsoft and communication. And then, you know, in 2010, 11, 12, 13, it was the boom of the SaaS companies. Yes. So you had Evernote for note taking and it was specialized on that. And then you had the, you know, Atlassian came with Jira. Yeah. And now everyone uses Jira for that. <laughs> and this whole, you know, uh, shadow IT and, you know, so, IT kind of started to lose control and, and employees started to introduce all those assets. It's so easy to, to, to onboard yourself. Two clicks and you have a system. So seed and grow started and, to really and then you st yeah. Instead so of IT going, right, let's now get an, oh, you can eat deal and, and, and share that out to our reluctant uh, <laughs> departments in exactly, the company. Exactly, right? exactly that. So it, it was a big shift yeah. in the industry. And we recognized the shift and we said, okay, we, we have an assumption. The assumption is that there is no way back from this shift. So it will just uh, get more and more and more of that. Yes. And if that's the reality, the, if, if this is the case, then the reality would be that there is for every area, for every service, you have a different vendor and they are completely disconnected. And then we said there, there would still be a need to connect all these systems. And so we built StreamOnce, where we, we that's the integration middleware on the cloud. And we said, if we can come up with a way that will allow uh, any employee to connect between Evernote and Salesforce and your email and um, any CD, the file system that you choose to connect them together in a really meaningful way, yes, that could uh, that would be valuable. So we we created StreamOnce that allowed you to connect all the systems. It was pretty successful in the beginning because in, in nine after nine months we got acquired. That's amazing. So we raised uh, less than like almost one point five million dollars, and nine months later we, we were acquired for almost twenty million dollars. That's a fantastic result. And we had a few OEMs of I don't remember the actual. The you, you probably sold it for a song because you were first time entrepreneurs. I bet it was worth a lot more than that. <laughs> it, Am yeah, I right? For sure. Yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, so it was that. What was the story of Stream Once? But that was what. But that. But it was still looking back much better to sell early, because if you hadn't, it's all up. Timing is so huge. The next rocket ship that you've built. And just before I get into this, 
just for the listeners, I mean, it's a four-year-old company, but in, in November, uh, to, you know, two years, exactly two years of the day from ago, there were only 71 people, and today there are 964, I believe, which uh, off the top of my head maths is, is north of 1,300% growth, which is yeah. phenomenal, phenomenal. Yes. So let's jump into that. You know, what was the thing that made you think we need to create something in the travel industry? What was the thing that happened? What was the pain you felt? It's a multi-layer answer. We sold Stream once, but we di I didn't really felt that I fulfilled the desire of building a company in the valley. It was a nine months journey. Of course. And you know, out of these nine months, it's two months of due diligence. So we knew that we were going to get acquired for more than two months. Really, there was nothing. Uh, same for Ariel. Like he really wanted to be a CEO of a company, uh, you know. So there was still this strong desire to fulfill that uh, need. That, uh, and well, that was that. So we knew that the next thing would have to be you know, it have to be big. And in order for that to be big, the market must be big. You know, there's markets, uh, you can have the most amazing idea, but if the market is small and you are the most successful with no competition, it will still be small. Yes. So we looked for huge markets. Travel is one of them. It definitely checks, you it's, know. It's what, 11 or 12% of the GDP of the globe? The last time I looked at it? Yeah. Um, it's huge. Yeah. Uh, companies around the world spend on uh, uh, just on corporate travel. 1.3 to 1.5 trillion dollars. Wow. And just in America, half a trillion. Half a trillion, yes. Yes, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. a huge market. Yeah. Definitely checks uh, that, th this box. Then, you know, we were travelers. So Trip Stream Once was a really technical company. Um, we got acquired and then we traveled a lot. Yeah. And for, we traveled a lot because every prospect, every meeting with a potential customer, I had to be there. Aria had to be there because there was a lot of details and understanding how it works. It was so Stream Once was an enterprise play then? Yes, high it touch. was. It was yeah, yeah. yeah. So we were traveling a lot and then we got exposed to, to you know, how problematic this market is, how archaic it is, starting with the tools and then uh, with the companies that support you and the tools that they have. It was just so, so behind. And it just begged for uh, some change. And, and we didn't think about, hey, let's disrupt this market. It was, it was like suffering yeah. while traveling. You know, you get stuck and you, you really need help and you beg and there's no one there to help you. And you wait on the line to then, uh, you know, to talk to a stranger and explain who you are for the first 15 minutes. Yeah. At some point we realize, hey, there's so much potential here. Like everything that we touch is broken when it comes to corporate travel, everything. The next installment, episode 109 of 14 Minutes of SaaS, the third in our four-part series with Elon, he chats about the fantastic voyage he has taken with Ariel, turning trip actions into, at the time this was recorded a few months ago, the fastest-growing software company of all time. You've been listening to 14 Minutes of SaaS. Thanks to Mike Quill for his creativity and problem-solving skills, to Ketsu for the music, and to Anders Getz for the transcript. This episode was brought to you by me, Stephen Cummins. If you enjoyed the podcast, please don't forget to share it with your network, subscribe to the series, and of course, 
give the show a rating.